Hi, I'm Steve, your host of It's All About Her. It is a show sponsored and inspired by Her Spirit Vodka, the vodka that gives half back to her. I interview women entrepreneurs in different phases of life and business to see what makes them tick and what we might have in common with these successful women. Get ready to be inspired by these great stories. Hello, everyone. In this episode of It's All About Her, you meet Andrea Bonover, the creator of Bond Design. Bond Design is an innovative, creative, and enthusiastic design company. Andrea is full of energy and great ideas. She designed her spirit logo for us and continues to help shape our brand. I had a great time talking with her, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, Andrea. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. So right before, we were talking about your husband's band mm-hmm. and how sad it is that the equipment's <laughs> going away. Yes. Touring equipment has been sold. That had to be such a great experience. Is he... Uh, does he miss it right now or it's I think too he'll, fresh? He'll he always will. miss it. He'll yeah, I think he'll it? always miss it. I mean, he'll play guitar as like a, a hobby forever. Okay. Um, I yeah. think he, he wants a recording space in our, our next place where we're, wherever we end up buying a house. Sure. So he can record some music on his own. But yeah, you know, we have to all become adults at some point and <laughs> have you, normal jobs. Are you musical? <laughs> Am I, sorry, what? Are you musical? Am I musical? Um, I played piano for nine years growing up, and then I was like a grumpy goth wannabe ninth grader, and I quit. Oh, really? <laughs> I quit everything I had been doing, dance and piano and all of those things, and I can't play a note anymore, and I really regret quitting. <laughs> ah. Well, I'm I'm turning 50 this year, and, and my goal is to learn to play piano. So Nice. It's yeah, never it's, too late. It's never too late. No. It's just a lot easier when you're like eight years old. Right. It makes a lot Right, you have, you have more time, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, so, let me ask you this. We are here with, I'm not going to ask you, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> with Andrea, yeah. who created our logo. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> let's get into that conversation, because I think, I think it's fascinating. Um, you had listened to, was that the first podcast you'd ever listened to? No. You had no. listened to others? I'd listen to others. So, you listened I to the- I just picked a random one. You listened to the, <laughs> you picked a random podcast, and- Someone on the podcast, um, we were talking about how your, um, your, our logo, mm-hmm. yours and I's, ours and my and Kirsten's, um, <laughs> got criticized. Yeah. So how did that feel for you? <laughs> did that hurt? Well, I mean, maybe a little. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, something that's really important in graphic design, if you're going to be a designer at all, is you cannot have a thin skin and no design right. can ever be your baby. <laughs> Um, you can't care too much about it. Um, but when it's it's finished and it's out in the wild and then you hear some negative feedback, it's it stings a little more, especially when it's something you're really proud of. So Right. And and I don't I mean it didn't end up um, I don't think it ended up negative. I mean mm-hmm. I think you're never gonna find a hundred percent of the people loving no, and a not, design. No no. Not everyone right. has to love everything you do. No, right. absolutely not. <laughs> I'll talk while you're drinking there. So you um so I read in your uh, read on your um, resume that you've been in the business for eleven years. Mm-hmm. So do you have like when you look back? To, is there like a favorite project or something that was the most special to you? Hmm. I think probably the stuff I'm most proud of came out of. Um, I worked at Buca de Beppo, the corporate office, yep. <laughs> when yep. they were in Minneapolis. Um, Planet Hollywood bought them. And then fired their ad agency and hired me. Oh uh, wow! To take over <laughs> when I was like 24 or 23, 
Um, so it was a massive undertaking and it was really hard and it was a boot camp experience um, for graphic design and marketing and copywriting and social media. Right. I was doing it all and um, I got to redesign their food menu. I designed their first ever beverage menu that they had never had one before <laughs> that you like leave behind at the table. Sure. Um, so that was a huge thing for me to be able to think like, gosh, nationwide people are holding this thing that I designed that's so cool. Right. So you... Um, you did not just for Minnesota, but for... Yeah, Nationwide, Buca de Beppo restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we talked about... Um, we were talking about brand consistency before we got on the mm-hmm. on the microphone. Yeah. How do you overtake... How do you do that nationally? <laughs> was national it Was brand? it tough? You know what? It was especially tough at that time just because Planet Hollywood had just purchased Buca. And they had been working under the same style guide for a long time. They had a traditional green. They had these patterns they always camped out in, the same two fonts, which is important because they're an established brand. Once you're really established, it's like you don't want to change things too much too fast. Planet Hollywood started kind of producing things on their own in Orlando and then also asking us to do things in Minneapolis. So in Minneapolis, I was working on the traditional established style guide, thinking, let's keep our consistency. Yep. Um, and Planet was putting things out with, like, this crazy bright spring green and this, like, <laughs> font I'd never seen before. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, we does, have to be on the same that, page. Does that drive you cra- crazy when you see that today? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Anyone that, you know. It's crazy. Brand <laughs> consistency really, like, grinds my gears sometimes. It's... It's so important if you're going to be successful to not make too many changes too quickly if you're rebranding. Right. And then if you're established, let people know that you're still who you always were. <laughs> right. So is it, is it, I mean, we were talking about how um, sensitive people are to the brand consistency. Yeah. So as passionate as you are about keeping brand consistency mm-hmm. and then on the other spectrum of disregard for any consistency yeah is it is it right next are you where it's at or is it somewhere in between the two of you um if you look everything has to be exactly the same oh mm -hmm. in your world but someone that just doesn't care use whatever fonts you want Mm. whatever color board um no (laughs) so but but what what does it really mean for success though is it is it is it your world or in between your world and their world i mean can people succeed without having brand consistency? I think um, I think the only brands that could cons- could succeed without being completely consistent with their brand, their yep. v- brand visuals, I should say, would be really huge companies. Like I'm thinking about when JCPenney tried to change things up a few years ago. They, I think someone from Target and someone from Apple came in to their marketing team and they really changed things really fast. Um, everything looked different in the stores. They changed their pricing structure. All their signage looked different. The way they um, presented themselves was much more modern than they had been. They yep. made it through that time period looking the way that they did in their changes um, because people knew it's still JCPenney. We know JCPenney. They're right. established. But right. if you're a company that's you know five, ten years even in your marketplace and you suddenly change everything of your, about your visuals, it might confuse people. Right. So, don't change your... Yeah. Be consistent. Yeah, until, until you are at a place where people know it's still you if you change your color palette, if you want to change a couple, you know, fonts. But do you make... Do you, would you recommend making a drastic change or a, a change over time? Drastic. If you're gonna, oh, really? If you're going to change, I feel like if you're going to change your brand, do it. And turn it over. Like Chobani yogurt, they just did that. 
Okay. Um, just yeah. turn it over. Don't let there be any leftover yogurt containers at Target. Let them all right. look new. Because it really makes a statement. Um, you may have, Chobani may have been who they were for the past 15 years in the marketplace, but now they want to say, you know what? We're still here and we know where you want us to be right. and what you want to buy from us. And we think that we want to look how our customers want us to look. Right. So it just makes a statement and it's, it's more noticeable than if you do it slowly, it's confusing. Sure. Yeah. And I saw, I saw um, a story on that company um, yeah. and it, they're so successful and it's a neat little story about what he did to that town. Mm-hmm. But um, so do you, are you old enough to, are you old enough to remember <laughs> when Coke changed their recipe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was definitely alive when that happened. You were alive? I was born in 84. And when did they do that? Um, it was in the early 90s. Okay. But you want to know a fun fact? You might already I know do. this. I don't probably. I Diet don't know a lot. Coke today yep. is the same recipe as New Coke. What? True story. So when they came out with the New Coke, they were <laughs> they using... They took it away. Yep. And then they brought it back as Diet Coke. True story. Same recipe. I, Doesn't it blow your mind? That does blow my mind. <laughs> I, is I is was, Coke Zero its own recipe? I don't know. Huh. I just know that I, I was used to be a pretty intense Diet Coke consumer. So I know some inside facts. That That is fascinating. <laughs> so today you um, you run Good Design. Oh, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I was just doing the French <laughs> pronunciation. Bon Design. Bon Design. <laughs> um, but, um, and you also have a day job. I do. So Kirsten describes it as... Um, Stuck in between two worlds, yeah. Where you're at the corporate, and which is not bad, but no. it's sometimes it's too structured, especially for a creative. It sure and is. And then you're and then you're um, taking care of clients like us mm-hmm. on the side. Is yeah. that is that tough to change gears back and forth? You know, it, some days it can feel tough, and some days it feels like I'm being rescued. <laughs> in what way? Um, you know, the tough days are when like. For example, recently my, in my day job, we had three huge promotions rolling out in the same two-week span. Yep. And uh, every single day was a, like a sprint from day to, to night. And in the meantime, if I got an email from a, cl- a freelance client about anything, I would just my heart would start racing. I'd break into a sweat. I'd be like, I can't, I can't do anything more on top of what I'm already really? doing. Oh my god! And then I'd go home. Then I'd be exhausted from the day. But I'd have like three, four hours of freelance to put in oh in the boy. evening. So those are the times when it feels rough. And I feel like at the end of it, I realized at the, at the end of those two weeks recently, I just kind of went, remember why you decided to do this. Right. And anytime you have a streak like that where it gets really tough, it's not forever. It's just it's for a season um, and it'll pass. And then the times that, you know, maybe I'm at work and I'm feeling like, oh, this is so, you know, there's certain tasks you have to do as a designer that are more like oh, right. production work. Yeah. You're doing, you're going through the motions. Yeah. It's, it's just, a little yeah. mindless sometimes with production yep. work and, um, you feel a little bored maybe. And, um, I might get an email or a client contacting me about a new project. And that's really exciting for me because I get to do something different and remind myself that my skills are still there. Right. That I might not be utilizing in my day job. Right. It's, yeah. yeah it, I, I feel like when you like just doing this podcast, um, when you first did it, when I first did it, mm-hmm. I would um, I was learning how to do it. I was learning how to talk to you. I was learning how to follow, do a follow up question, keep it interesting, and be interesting. <laughs> or you know, yeah. I'm not interesting. Like, who am I kidding? Aww. But um, but whenever I take a break, yeah, like I won't have like sometimes I won't do them for a month, 
and then I'll come back. I'm like, do I remember how to do this? Sure. You know, yeah. it's but it comes back. It does come back, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a, a muscle you have to keep working. Yeah, and that's a creative muscle. I mean, you mm-hmm. um, you have to keep using it, or it's it's going to go away. It's like your piano lessons yep. that you gave up on. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Lesson learned. So, do you want to talk a little her spirit? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell me about um, well, tell me about designing our label. I yeah. mean, was that was a while ago? How long? It was like two years, years ago. Two years ago. I know mm-hmm. it's been a while. It's crazy. Um, to think about. I remember the first meeting, like perfect. Yeah. With uh, when we met at Manitou <laughs> Station. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. And you were, were you doing all your own work at that point? I was about to leave my full-time job and do full-time freelance, which I did okay. for six months that year. Okay. Yeah. So I remember I brought my mood boards. Right. Three yep. mood boards for you guys. And you guys picked the first one. Okay. Which yeah. was cool. Yeah, we're very easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, did we do a good job explaining kind of what we wanted? For sure. I mean, you must have customers that have no idea what they want. Yeah. And then there's also people who think they know what think they want. they know exactly what they want. <laughs> and, and then you show them like five or six things and they're still not really sure what they want. Right. It's just part of the deal. Is it, do you come across a lot of um, tough decision makers? Oh yeah. Especially with the Well, one thing I found business? in my like corporate life and in my freelance life is when you give someone a chance to be creative, who's not given that opportunity often, they yep. really relish it. Oh, <laughs> they sure. They really, really get into it sometimes. Dra- drag it out. So, yeah, they want, oh, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? And then they, they see that, and then they might go, you know, that doesn't work. But what if we did this? And that, you know, that cycle could go on forever. So that's where strategy has to come in and intentional decision-making. And that's kind of where I guide people through the process. The process? Yeah. Do you, um, so do you remember anything about creating the label? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, I remember it. Um, you guys were both really passionate about it and super excited. Did we give you the right message? You the had message a lot we of vision. The message we gave and the vision we gave for that that day. Mm-hmm. Two years later, were we were we on, on what we were going to do? Because I'm curious. Because yeah. I because you always remember in your own mind, yeah, favorably. Like, yep, I knew it two years ago. No problem. I, lit- I sent Kirsten a message the day of the launch party. Yep. And I said, I remember sitting at Manitou Station with you guys, and you guys were telling me how your dream was to be in a bar and have these coasters on the tables. And you literally used the same slogan that was on the coasters. Right. And then you were talking about, it would be really cool to have the bar staff wearing t-shirts that say, you know, I'm with her, or like the slogans you had dreamed of. Literally, I'm sitting in this bar, and it's actually occurring. It was like a dream come to life. It was so exciting. That was was pretty... It was pretty special that day. Yeah. It is pretty special when you, um, when you think of something mm-hmm. out of the, you pull it out of the air and then you, you figure out how to market it. Mm-hmm. You figure out the design and and then you actually have a product and yeah. uh, you go for so long on when will you have it? When will you have <laughs> yeah. it? Maybe never. And you're saying inside, but you got to keep an, a Just smile on and say, it, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're gonna do it. No problem. Two years is a long time to wait. Too. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And then. There's a. I'll speak while you, uh, while you drink. You have such a drinking problem. <laughs> um, she's drinking out of a. It's what like, is that? A Frankenstein head? I don't know. It's like a. It looks like a. We're at Psycho Susie's. Yeah. So it looks so, like a shrunken head. It's a, it t- does. a tiki drink. Yeah. It looks actually like a like a succulent planter. It does. It looks <laughs> a little strange, but there, there's no handle. Is it good? It's good. Yeah. Super. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. A, it is a. It is a struggle to get to the. The finish line, which mm-hmm. in reality is the starting line. I yeah. mean, you create a brand, it's like the and, and as soon as you hit the hit the road, it's all of a sudden okay. 
is this brand working? And is it, you know, what is not working? What is working? And well, your then your strategy you start, sort of shifts. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. And and your your criticalness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to be critical of your design. Yeah. Critical of our posts. But then you get your brand and you're like, oh, okay, okay. Sales aren't quite where they should be this week. What did we do? Mm-hmm. Is the brand working? I mean, it's, it's really I, I think it's, exposing. Yeah, sort of. it is. It's mm-hmm. very it, it's very exposing, and you get you get ex, you get self doubt and all the normal things. And I think, do you go through that self doubt when you do a design for someone? Oh yeah, I mean, especially if it's if it's a new client. This is the first time I've shown them concepts. Um, when I have an, when I have a new client and I'm I'm working on a design project for them, there's a couple reasons why I usually provide a mood board or two to begin with. Right. Because then that helps me go. Okay, I understand their aesthetic. Going forward, I feel a little more comfortable with what I'm about to do, <laughs> and I think the client feels a little more comfortable too, knowing where I'm going. Right. And then um, when I provide designs, I usually give two to four concepts for logos or a rebrand um, in those types of situations because I like to give the client the opportunity to go, you know, I like this font in logo number three, but I don't love the font in number two. Could you swap them out or things like that? But it also insulates me from feeling like um, my design sucks right. or something. Because <laughs> here's four options. You got to like one of them, right? Or you got to like something about them. Well, I always, um, my marketing friends mm-hmm. would always tell me, and, and one of them worked for me once, and he, the last design he gave me, and it was... Um, it was all board stuff. So he'd show me a board of this mm-hmm. idea, a board of that idea. And the last board, I said, that's it. I'm done. And and I asked him a couple of years later, I said, so do you always leave the last board? He goes, I do. But mm-hmm. that he thinks is going to be the home run. Mm-hmm. But um, but it always doesn't work yeah. sometimes. But I also think that it depends on your client because I... I have a vision in my head and that's what I see and I don't know how you're going to change me from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people don't aren't aren't marketing guys, especially that run sure. businesses. Yeah. So they don't really know or marketing people, men or women. Yeah. But they don't. So they don't really know. They just know. Oh, I need a marketing person and I need a brand. Yeah. And so they give you zero direction. Do you come across that a lot? Sure. Yeah. Or, so how do you handle that? Or too much direction too. Um, hey, leave me alone. No. <laughs> you guys are not like that. I think either. It's, it's, it's the job of the designer also to mine for that information because right. not every, like you said, not everyone is a marketing person and um, you, you may not know what I need to know to do a good job. Um, so that's why I have like intake questionnaires for new clients. I like to meet over drinks or coffee just to kind of get to know the, them as a person because yep. e- even if they're not good at articulating what they want in their aesthetic of their, their design... I might be able to mine that out of our conversation a little bit or just sure. like getting to know them a little. Yeah. Um, I mean, I work with some clients in the healthcare industry that are very, you know, people in healthcare are, are trained to be very confident and not to question themselves. Right. Um, so when I work with them, I find that they think they know <laughs> what the right thing to do is or what the strategy should be in marketing. And I have to spend a lot of time trying to convince them, you know, Maybe we need to cut back like 75% of the amount of text you want in this piece. Right. Um, because it's, yes, it makes you appear that you know what you're talking about, but I think we can say it in a lot fewer words. And aesthetically, it's going to be a lot more pleasing to look at. People are going to actually spend time with this piece. Um, How does that go over? Because a, a lot you know of times what? people, 
um, I think marketing when people are putting out their their brand mm-hmm. professionally, it's a lot. Per, it, you're also putting out your brand personally. Yeah, it's very and, personal. And so there's someone that probably likes to talk about how great they are, or you know, really wants to advertise themselves through a lot of words. Yeah, and um, that doesn't work when no. it comes to. A marketing piece, typically. Well, like in healthcare, for example, we're talking about healthcare, business to business. All right, I might give you a little more leeway um, if you're talking to somebody in your field. But if this right. is a piece to market your clinic or whatever we're talking about or to sell a product, you're talking to somebody outside of medicine. We need to <laughs> kind of, you know, put it in layman's terms, zip it up, and treat it like, you know, any other consumer product that exists on the market and yep. make people pay attention to it. So sometimes the client is receptive to that and they, they want that expertise. Many times they might not be. And basically the way I handle it is I just go, you know, not everything goes in my portfolio. It's fine. <laughs> right. um, I, I complete the project. As, you don't tell them that though. <laughs> no, no, I just, oh, you know what? This is fine. I'm going to give the client what they want. That's my job. Yep. Um, I'm going to make it look as nice as possible um, while accomplishing their goals and then just you know, wash it, my hands of it. I've tried, and then I just right. move on. So when you mm-hmm. say you've tried, is it a? Is it? Do you feel it's part of your job to fight the fight for the for the marketing aspect of it? Even though you're not going to win, do you feel yeah. like I've gotta I've gotta fight them a little bit just so I feel good about doing this? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. And you know, part of that is just that I think I I've learned a few things throughout my career, and I have knowledge to offer. Right. So. Many times when people hire me, they're looking for that expertise. They want my input. And occasionally there will be someone who doesn't and they just want an Adobe Photoshop monkey. <laughs> and you just go, all right, well, I got paid. It's fine. You know, right. <laughs> moving along. <laughs> well, um, have you ever had a client that was looking for an Adobe, um, what do you call it? Adobe, an Adobe Photoshop, Photoshop monkey. monkey uh-huh. um, <laughs> that you actually, because they didn't know marketing, but they had some kind of raw feeling about it did you ever learn anything from anyone like that or you're just like nah i don't know because i i i mean a lot of i mean i've had a lot of um friends that were in marketing Mm -hmm. and a lot of it seemed like well one guy in particular seemed like every design was very similar to a lot of designs Mm. like like he and he goes hey there's no original ideas left man yeah Uh, you know but um i mean i i'm sure you could find are her spirit somewhere and say that same thing but maybe but i don't know i no, they couldn't <laughs> who are we kidding no no that was <laughs> um but it's just kind of i mean i i played um with a band one time hmm. don't don't get excited <laughs> nothing but what I, I i used to have a little setup in the stage and um, i was playing and i was just writing music i was just doing it for fun right sure and these guys came over that uh, are real musicians and i said what why do you want to come over they go because we want to see if there's something that in you that we didn't, you know, a song or something, a rip that we, you know, nothing about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I was an idiot. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they didn't learn anything, but they were looking for something, sure. you know, just something different because, you know, yeah, they gave you so many chance. musicians. I mean, there's only so mm-hmm. many chords. Um, but yeah, anyway, they didn't give me my chance. Trust me. It was, <laughs> it was not about that. It was more about a creative process for them. Yeah. About being around someone that really doesn't know what they're doing yeah. and see if they could being who they are picking mm-hmm. something up. So have you had anyone that you've picked tried to do that with? Well, or? I think anybody that has an idea that they're really passionate about and excited about. Yeah. Like you guys, for example, that's exciting to be part of and it inspires me in the process. 
um, like basically in, in that sense, it feels less like I'm leading the client and more like we're in a partnership. Right. Like we're in this together and I don't have to tell you like, here's how it works. It's right. mainly like we're going along and like, oh, you want to do this? Okay, I'll help you with that. And then if I have, you know, a little bit of insight at any point, I might offer it up. Right. Um, but when you have that passion behind it, it's just kind of like, you know, you let them fly with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so let's get back to her spirit because sure. um, one thing is um, it was nice. You designed the logo. And and then you know we didn't have anything. We had to wait for so long yeah. for that logo to become something. Hmm. And then when once we stepped back in um, and rekindled our relationship because we needed some marketing and stuff. Yeah. And um, it was so easy to work with, mm-hmm. and it was it was wonderful. So I know Kirsten, she really loves you. Um, <laughs> I and love and her. we're we're really proud to be associated with you because I think That's I so think nice. you did a great job for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but so my little idea. I want, sure. So here's what I'm trying to figure out. So um, we start out in a brand two years ago, mm-hmm. which was nothing. Now we're in the market. Yeah. And now um, the, the, the woman that wasn't crazy about our design, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sue, uh, what came out of that meeting, though, was I think something that you can only get from people that have been there and, and yeah. not as, as far as marketing, but as far as business. And she, one of the things she said was, you need to skip three steps. And I think you may have heard that in that podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know exactly how to do that. I've been struggling with this with this in my kind of vision marketing thing is how to start a movement. And and yeah. and you, you can look at brands. I mean, you can look at um, Tito's. People are so loyal to Tito's. They like saying it. They, they believe in the story it's handcrafted mm-hmm. whatever whatever he's marketing right yeah. and, and there's many others like that and so I look at it and think it's easy because I think oh geez look what we have mm-hmm. her spirit vodka we're going to 50% of our profits back which, which means if we want to make money we need to sell twice as much really in, sure. in our in, in my concept yeah. and so um, I had this idea for our little uh, banner and it, it kind of when I think of um, visually is what I was thinking of and I want to hear your advice on this yeah and so um, I want to somehow portray and probably Kirsten I don't know if it's somehow thousands of women in this in this in this um, banner so Mm -hmm. we're talking about a banner that is probably seven feet tall by 33 inches Mm -hmm. and that every every company does they put them up I'm just talking to the listener i know you know but um and so those banners to me they're inexpensive a couple hundred bucks for a banner but you're putting your brand out there and and i want to start and kirsten and i i say i a lot and kirsten's not here so she can't yell at me (laughs) um but we want to start a movement and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work this brand i I just feel like i'm if it doesn't become a national brand i we failed because I think it's got something, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's true or not. And uh, but that's what I believe, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep <laughs> pushing as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. But so w- what I visualize, and, and you know, like I told you, Kirsten wanted to just hey put the her spirit logo on it. But I just think of um, because our plan with the brand was to start out, and Kirsten is the face of it, and mm-hmm. but then eventually she won't be because it's about her. It's about every woman. Sure. So. Um, Almost, and you have to be so careful when you do something like that. When you put a lot of women or a lot of anything into a picture, yeah, uh, because you don't want it to seem like it's a woman's brand, right? Um, 
He's so how, men to purchase, too. right? Mm-hmm. And and but you but you want to tell that story in a in a picture to me, yeah? Because I want to see that, um, I want to see women arm in arm um, supporting this brand, and I think the first thing to do is to show women, yeah, that. So am I on track? I think so, and, and I think what you're getting at though is. It's like in, in marketing and in visual marketing, there's a balance between wherever you are um, building brand awareness um, yep. for your logo or for who you are. And then there is a, an element of um, establishing a tone. Right. So I think I'm just thinking about Instagram, for example. Yep. Um, a lot of brands will use the story element to showcase their work. Yep. But their feed gives you an essence of who they are it may not show any of their product it just shows kind of like an overall like sense of the brand you may identify with it um as as your own things that you like or who you are um and then you might go well what do they sell and you look at their product right um so i think it's using things like um banners that may just kind of give that essence of a tone um of what you're about can be really effective um in in the right situation so, I is mean. that it? So I I tend to with her spirit. Mm-hmm. I tend to <laughs> lean towards the epic. Sure. You know, I want epic. Am I am I going too far with that? Am I gonna? Um, are, are we? Am I jumping too far ahead? With putting with, like that banner of- with that message with the message message of you know. I don't think so. I mean, I think because that's who you are. That's the dream of. That's the whole thing. Right. Um, I don't think it's it's jumping too far ahead. I mean, it's there's no shame in, in saying like this is who we want to be and right. and this is who we are right now and this is where we're going. Um, I think that that's inspiring and people are very on board with any kind of female empowerment right now and it's kind of perfect timing. Yeah. For such well, a thing. is it? Um, so what would you do to send that message? I mean, I yeah. said. I mean, we were we were talking today about maybe we do a photo shoot with, you know, thirty women, mm-hmm. or you know, all in our t-shirts, you know, oh, yeah. different um, t-shirts and idea. stuff like that. So, well, I'd probably create four I was concepts for and great, send them all I was, to you. I was looking for a great <laughs> idea. You probably create four concepts so you can't hate all of them. All <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the photo shoot is an interesting idea for sure. I mean, you guys have a lot of really fun gear to buy too in your shop. So we did. It's it, we. You did, Kirsten oh, sold all the t-shirts this weekend. You did that promotion. So, yeah, yeah, the we're Blizzard or, promotion. We're ordering, so, okay, yeah. well, I mean, if, yeah, it, it would be kind of cool to have people wearing all different styles of, of the gear. And I don't know. I mean, or it could be like totally just riffing here. There are no bad yep. ideas in marketing. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a safe zone. It's a totally safe space. Um, there could be just women dressed in different um, professions. Right. That's sort of. Um, because we're all creating our own businesses in different arenas. Um, there are people who have their own. Like, I, I met these women recently who have their own um, pelvic health clinic in St. <laughs> Paul. And it's basically, it's chiropractic and physical therapy yep. for a lot of, like, pelvic issues for men, women, and children. But they started right. their own clinic. I mean, there's people that are in creative fields. There's people in food and beverages. I mean. See, this is, this is what I love for... Um talking to somebody creative in the marketing because i <laughs> had one totally different con- or not totally different but mm-hmm. and and you just took it to another level because i i think that is i need to find a woman construction worker well sure. no don't well, do ymca i don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i don't know where um, we'll find a cowboy around yeah here. <laughs> yeah i don't know well we do have a um 
a couple of women farmers that uh, want to do a podcast. Oh, sure. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. I like the way you think. You're Thank good. Thank you. So, <laughs> all right. We're running out of time. So, enough about her spirit. Let's talk about sure. you. Where did you grow up? Um, well, I was born in Minneapolis. Okay. And then when I was four, my family moved to Birmingham, Alabama. That was a big move. Sure was. Yeah. Um, we lived there until I was 14. Came back in the middle of seventh grade. Oh, that! How was that transition? It was brutal. Was it? <laughs> it was really difficult. Did you have Did you have an accent? But I, I sure did, and that's yeah. part of why it was brutal. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are mean. Kids are yeah. mean in middle school. So I actually remember um, my first friend in seventh grade that I made at school. I would pay attention to how she talked, and she would say, um, "I'm going to drink some milk. Do you want to go to my room?" And uh, <laughs> we'd have a sleepover, and she'd talk about her pillow. So I would go home and I would imitate her and I would try to talk like her so that I could lose my accent. So I've been mostly successful and there's only a few words that I still say that I just can't get right. They're still Southern. Oh, I'm, if I, if I go down South, I, I can't help but you talk absorb like it. That. I absorb <laughs> it and I'm a, and I feel so bad and, and I have people yelling at me like, stop talking like me. I'm like, I it's uh, hard sometimes. I know, it is. I know. The more I talk about Alabama, the more my accent comes out. So, I don't know. Yeah, uh, y'all be fine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, any siblings? I have a brother, Chad. Chad? He's just under two years younger than me. Yeah, okay. He's 6'7". That's his claim to fame. Really? He's also very, very smart. I'm very proud of him. Did he play basketball? Um, <laughs> he got that question <laughs> his whole life. Um, he played basketball for a few years, like in elementary yeah. school, and then he was more of a musician guy, and, and he likes um, video games. He was a gamer. Do you guys get along pretty well? We do now. I mean, high school, not so much. Sure. But once we didn't live under the same roof, we got along a and lot better. And he was better. two years younger. And yes, pretty close in age. He looked older because he's mm-hmm. so tall. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> I got it all figured out. So do you have a, um, a fondest memory growing up? Oh, gosh. I mean, Something it's... Something you like to do? It's probably Christmas. I'm, oh, nice. I'm just like Christmas nerd. Like, Are I lo- you? I love Christmas so much. My husband's really worried. We got married two years ago, and he's already like, you have three Christmas bins. And then my mom is like, Justin, she has six more at our house in the garage. Really? <laughs> that are not even at our apartment. I just really love Christmas, and my mom made it really special every year, and it was just a thrill. I don't know. That's awesome. Best time of the year. Wow. That's first time I got that answer. <laughs> So has there been a woman in business that, um, that has inspired you or that, um, you know, I think when I first started freelancing, where it came from was I was working at, um, I was working at Eagle Brook church yep. and <clears throat> excuse me, at that time there were a lot of women on staff that I had gotten to know really well and developed relationships with, and they all were stepping out of their roles and leaving and sort of launching their own businesses. It was like a trend. Really? I don't know. I can't really say why that happened, but I watched it happen over and over. And then I realized, like, when I leave here, (laughs) I can (laughs) do my own thing. You can do your own thing. Wow. And then the amazing thing was when I I did that, those were the women that gave me all of my work to begin with. Oh, really? They hired me and... And coached me, and it was pretty awesome. That's a kind of an interesting process mm-hmm. uh, when you think about it. It is. And when you um, when you think about the men that, um, like myself, I mean, I was encouraging, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, but that were in court, encouraged to do their own thing, go start their business. And, yes. And then um, for you to see it happening one at a time, leaving yeah. this place, that had to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So how many times a year do you so how long do you go with banks i, I want to know about the different <laughs> hairstyles because 
because um, I I've never and I I don't even know you that well. But every time I look at you on uh, Instagram or meet you in person, <laughs> you have different hair, different yeah. hair color, different hairstyle. This is something I started doing probably in high school, and I think anybody that's known me since my teens knows this about me. I just I love fashion, I love beauty, and I love switching it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I usually cut, like, straight across bangs, like, once every two years. And I grow them out because it takes forever to grow them out. Right. And then I cut them back. I go, gosh, you know what? Something's wrong with my face. It doesn't look right. And then I cut my bangs back, and I feel more like myself with them. And then I, I probably change my hair color every three months. Really? Three or four months, yeah. Do you ever go um, totally blonde? No. No. I'm naturally brunette, so yeah, whenever so be they lift to, my hair, it takes like hours for it right. to lift at all. So I usually just camp out in dark. I went. Tones. I went totally platinum. I mean, <laughs> Did white. You? Yeah, I looked. Uh, I was young and thin. <laughs> um, was it Billy Idol that was? Um, sure. Born? Yeah. Yeah. He had the bleach. Yeah, there. I used to um, hang out at Aveda, and so I used to be their guest. Uh, oh, really? Practice. Yeah. Nice. It was free, it's so that was gig. cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, but it, it hurts like, though. You sit there so long because I didn't oh, want that. I, I didn't want the gold to mm. get white. Yeah, yeah, you want that icy tone. Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's totally changed my life. <laughs> um, well, I never asked this question because I, I don't know a lot about music, but I know you love music. <laughs> so, I do. if you were on a desert island and you could only listen to five songs oh for God, the rest of your this life, is so hard already. <laughs> What would it be? Oh my gosh, 89.3 The Current is doing this thing right now where you pick your top 10 essential songs. Yep. It took me like an hour. I was like, to narrow them down or to find their name. See, I would would have to go listen and listen. You know, I was so sad because I finished that and I left Prince out of it completely. And um, that is tragic. Because yep. he is so important to me and has been since I was, you know, five years old. Sure. Um, gosh, okay. So I'm going to try to answer your question. It's easier for me to go in albums, probably. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, probably the most important album of my lifetime that came out when I was alive would be, <laughs> I'm just going to be unashamed, Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I was nice. a diehard fan for many, many years. I still love Gwen Stefani. Um, seen them in concert a lot of times. Um, let's see. Is that number one or number five? Uh, are you just going five? I'm just going five. Okay. I have to be, I don't know, I have to be equal. I might only get to three because this is really hard. Um, yeah, I don't know. It would probably be like a mix of, I don't know, Purple Rain. I have to say Purple Rain, yeah, I guess. you have to. Um, and I honestly, I would have said that before Prince died, just for the record. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those people. You're not a bandwagon jumper. No, and um, yeah, I loved him so much. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard. Uh, we can make it three, but you got to make it three. one more. Um, let's say, I don't know. You love music. I do love music. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it all the way back. There's two, like, crooner classics that I really love. Yeah. One of them is called A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square yeah. by Nat King Cole. <laughs> I like is... the way, I just like the way you bring in your old DJ, um, <laughs> your old DJ self back. You're like, I'm just going to bring this one way back, <laughs> way back. Yes. Um, DJ Andrelica is retired, however. Um, <laughs> but uh, that one and then there's a song called Time After Time that is uh, in the Amer- American Songbook and Frank Sinatra does it and it is like it will bring you to your knees it is really? beautiful it was actually the song that I walked down the aisle to I picked it when I was 16 it's a great song 
to walk down the aisle to? I sure did. And you did it? And I still wanted it when I was hey. 29. No, I was 30. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it. Yeah. You have fun? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good time. For I appreciate me. everything you do for us. Well, thanks for letting me do the things. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Andrea for the great conversation. Check her out at andreabonover.com. Be sure to click on all her social media links. Big thanks to Psycho Susie's in Northeast Minneapolis for the great food and drinks. Huge thanks to you for listening. If you want to help this podcast out, please give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to tell your friends if you like the show. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. Talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>